Well, this is our first week off of Facebook. We decided to discontinue our Facebook services since the CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, contributed at least $110 million to the to steal the election, to steal, kill, and destroy the election. So we're uh, boycotting them for good. Um, probably YouTube too, Big Tech, who is contributing to steal the election, steal our democracy, steal our freedom as well. So I'm just waiting on a Christian to uh, uh, present a good app that we can uh, broadcast our services from that's clean and clear, amen? And that supports good causes, faith in the United States of America. So if that's you and you're listening to our podcast, uh, come on up, amen? Come on down. We need some uh, Christian businesses fast, fast, fast rising up in this new era. We are in a new era. It's been prophesied by the prophets. I firmly believe in the rebirth of this nation that has been taking place, and we have seen some deep birth pangs already throughout the last four or five years, and uh, it's going to continue. Praise God. God is cleaning house. This was a nation founded by his people for him. Amen? Israel was founded by him (laughs) for his people. This is a nation founded by his people for him. And God will never leave or forsake you or America. So praise God. God is doing mighty things in our midst. You'll not, uh, the message today is don't believe the false prophets. So you'll have to turn off your news if you haven't got that message already. <laughs> you'll have to click off your TV like we've done. And uh, just, just hear the daily bugle right here. Fresh word from heaven, fresh wisdom. God will always direct your path clearly and just stay close to his word. Amen. He is speaking each and every day. Um, I believe his prophets, we are partners with one in particular, Jerry Savell, who we've partnered with since we've started. Our Chariots of Light motorcycle ministries under his ministry. We've won at least a million souls now worldwide under that ministry, Chariots of Light. It's worldwide now for worldwide evangelism. But he gave a, a word I read last week. Has anyone printed that out yet? You can print that out at jerrysavell.org like I have right here and keep it before you and wake up to your news every morning. This is good news from heaven. He's been in the ministry over 50 years. He's a proven, trustworthy man of God, a father in the faith. And his words come to pass. He has a proven track record. Amen. And he's prophesied this year to be the year of abundant overflow. I'm just going to read this word again so it gets in our spirits because this is a real word. And there's a lot of false words out there. So we have to read real words from real prophets to curb all the false prophets and the false teaching and the false preaching and the false news that is rampant. Hopefully that turns, amen? Hopefully that turns into our favor and they start reporting the truth. I know a lot of truth has already come out on China, which is really the backbone of the Democratic Party this year and uh, all that's happened with the steal of the election. So that'll continue to progress. The real enemy is the devil. And it seems like he has his foothold, he definitely does, in a communist party in one China. And we see that, that place imploding right now. There's a verse in Psalms that says, uh, the plans of the evil shall boomerang upon their own heads. China is in immense lockdown right now because of the rampant coronavirus attack again on them. And we kind of see stuff imploding in on them. Um, Genesis 8.22, as long as the earth remains, so shall seed time and harvest, really gets me through. Because whatever a man sows, whether good or bad, he shall reap whatever he sows. And uh, the verse in Psalms, again, an evil man's plans shall boomerang upon their own heads, come back right upon them. And that's what I'm seeing in the real news. I do listen to Epic Times. It's, it's pretty good. Victory Network is real good, if you can turn into there. That's Kenneth Copeland's network, and they just preach the truth and gain the truth and grab the truth and preach it because uh, they own the network. They can do that, amen? And uh, say, I'm rising up. I'm a Christian. 
and I'm taking my place on this earth. And I just forecast new businesses, new quality businesses rising up in this nation like never before. Entrepreneurs, this is the generation to do it. We have a generation of the, uh, a lot of knowledge because of the internet for a lot of young peeps. And I really do believe this is a generation of uh, innumerable entrepreneurs that are going to rise up. And hopefully they're Christian, hopefully they're in the faith, and they do the will of God and start new businesses for all to benefit with good biblical Christian ethics. Hired to serve, amen, <laughs> for the benefit of others. So this is a couple of his words. I just want to start with this. And the word of the Lord came to him in October 2020, October 3rd. And he says, a new era has begun, the word of the Lord. A new era has begun, and more and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021. For those who will heed my voice and obey my words, they'll experience my goodness and my power as never seen nor heard. Just get this in your spirit, because this is a proven prophet. And the words of prophets come to pass. I don't care what the enemy does. The words of the prophets always come to pass. Just read, just read your entire Bible on that one. Elisha said, by this time tomorrow. The word of the prophet came to pass in a famine over and over and over and over again. So the words of your lips changes things. So make sure they're in tune with the right words. Amen. And speaking the right things. Don't speak the wrong things. That's just what the devil wants you to do. To change the world into his benefit and his favor. To steal, kill, and destroy. So keep speaking words of life. This is a word of life. We'll read in 1 Corinthians today um, what a true word of prophecy is and how it accomplishes three things. And if it doesn't accomplish three things, it's not a true word of prophecy. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. A prophetic word comes to give life and life in full more abundantly, to comfort, encourage, and uplift. If a word of the Lord does not do that, guess what? It's not of the Lord. The Bible says over and over again, He uplifts you with His right hand. He doesn't depress you. He doesn't push you down. He doesn't oppress you. Amen. Every word from heaven will always lift you up toward heaven and not push you down toward hell, toward the curse, sickness, disease, poverty, and lack, Dr. Fauci, a false prophet. So praise God forevermore. Just listen to the right voices more than ever. Amen. I think we should all have learned that throughout 2020, who the wrong voices and who the right voices are. Hopefully you have those established by now. And let's just keep hearing the right voices. They'll see the fruit of their faithfulness come bursting forth. And they'll prosper and flourish like never before. Say like never before. Abundance and overflow, that's what they'll see. I'll bring it to pass because of their love and their obedience to me. No longer will their enemy have the upper hand. For my spirit is moving and an outpouring of my power is coming upon this land. Many triumphant victories will mark this new era. It's what I've planned, so rest in me. Don't fret. Don't fret. Psalm 37. Don't fret. Don't fret. Don't get hot and bothered. Be anxious for nothing. It's what I've planned, so rest in me. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Refuse to be swayed by what's said in the news. Again, this was October 2020. With me on your side, how can you lose? So stay with my word. It's faithful and true. I'll bring it to pass and great things I will do. Yes, a new era is here. It's already begun. And I've planned marvelous things for you in 2021. Say, that's me. Abundant overflow is the order of the day, so rest assured it's on its way. Your adversary can't stop what I've already decreed. So stay in faith. Hold the line. Stay in faith. And get ready to receive. 
How many of you are hungry to receive more of God, more of heaven? Amen. We got some hungry people in the house. Praise God. Allow no one to discourage you by what they say. Keep looking to me and I'll have my way. Then another word, October 8th, came to him from the Lord. Tell my people they'll need to remain strong and stay close to me so they'll not be deceived by their enemy. His attacks will intensify and he'll try to prevail, but my power is greater and it shall not fail. Fear not, nor be fretful over whatever shall come. The battle is mine and I've already won. Contrary to what you'll see and what you'll hear, 2021 will be a great year. A year of abundance and overflow, that's my plan, and it shall be so. And he said, abundant overflow has already begun. There'll be a great shaking, a great shifting, and a great displacing will take place in your nation. And then immediately following these, these are all backed up by Joel 2 and 3, by the way, there will come a great awakening and a great outpouring. And shaking in the dictionary means the act of causing something to be removed or replaced. Have we seen that? Missouri is now the first state to be uh, anti-abortion. The whole state of Missouri is now the first state to be anti-abortion in that entire state. And there's others right at their foot coming along. Amen? You can find that out just by tuning into the Victory Network. It's on 365, I believe, on Dish and Direct TV. Um, otherwise, just download the app. They're a very credible source. We partner with them. Shifting, the act of changing position or direction. Displacing means the act of laying aside someone and making room for another. Hey, thank God for a new governor. <laughs> Praise God, businesses can actually open back up and serve the people again. That's great, isn't it? Awakening, the act of becoming more attentive to the will, the plans, and the purposes of God. How many of you pray in tongues? Amen. Outpouring, tongues will uh, align you with the plan, purpose, and will of God for your life more than anything else. Tongues in the word, tongues in the word. That's all you really need in life. Tongues in the word. Outpouring, a sudden rapid flow and barrage of God's spirit, God's power, God's anointing, God's love, and God's blessings. He said, this is what you're to be watching for and what you should expect as you enter into 2021. You'll see it, says the Lord, and remember when it happens that I told you beforehand. I'm in charge of the seasons and the times, and my purposes shall be fulfilled. I have the power to raise up and to bring down, and no man, no government, and certainly no adversary will stop what I have planned, says the Lord. So lift your hands and praise me, and know that I have everything under control, says the Lord. And his last word, don't fear the future because it's still bright, and I'll see you through each and every fight. Say, I fight the good fight of faith. Because it's a fight I win every time. It's a good fight. Amen. Hold the line. So stay in faith and watch what you say. Speak only my word and I'll have my way. It's never my will for you to fail. It's always my will for you to prevail. So don't be moved by what you hear and see. This is how you enter into greater victories. Be bold and courageous and stay free from all fear. For 2021 is going to turn out to be a great year. I'll take you higher than you've ever been before. That is my promise. And my promises are sure. So stay in my word and rest in me, for this is your year to be totally free. And the Lord gave me that word for 2021. It's the year of the kingdom and freedom. Your year to be totally free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed, but you'll have to expect big and good things. You'll, God will meet you on your level of expectation. 
on your level of expectation. That's what faith is. Your level of expectation, I've heard it said before, praise is the highest level of faith. Praise is the highest level of faith. We see men and women delivered constantly over and over again and, and obtain the victory through their praise throughout all the Bible, Old and New Testament. Praise is the cure for victory, amen, and the cause for victory. So never stop praising God for what he's already said, amen. Do not listen to the news, amen. amen. Kill that thing, amen. Start your own news network. Start your own news company. The Good News Network that only preaches and speaks the word of God. You ought to talk yourself happy, amen. Pray yourself up, praise God. We are in the house of praise, the tribe of Judah. Literally means the house of Judah. The tribe of, of praise. Judah literally means praise. We're in the tribe of praise, amen? And we serve the Lion of Judah. Hey, he's the Lion of praise. That's what he's roaring about. He's praising God, amen, for the victory. So never dwell in defeat. Never just live in yourself. Live in him, amen? And he'll see you through every time. Let's pray over this message. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for dwelling in our midst. We bless you, Father. We thank you where two or three are gathered. You're here in our midst. Give us a word in season. Let it come forth unchecked and unhindered from any outside hindrance, any bird, anything on <laughs> the outside that may try to distract us. We give you all the praises. I like how my dad covered up the birdhouse today just to... Uh... <laughs> my plan was to shoot them, but he covered them. So we'll see what happens. Praise God forevermore. <laughs> we'll take it one step at a time. Don't hurt the innocent. Don't hurt the innocent. Amen. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, if you will. This is a much-needed word for this season to the body of Christ. The Lord has given me. I believe it will minister to you and bless you and even chastise you and correct you like the word is supposed to do. So praise God for the chastisement of his word. Amen? That's right. How many of you like to be corrected? I know I do. That uh, equals blessings if you follow his path. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13. I just really want to hit on false prophecy versus true prophecy uh, in this message. But we always start with the gift of love. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love book, the love chapter. And we're going to read 1 Corinthians 13 and 14 on the gift of tongues and on the gift of prophecy. I hope all of us pray in tongues more than we ever have after this message today. That is my ambition. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, so you ought to have your natural dialect, but you also ought to speak in other tongues because angels hear that language. That's your prayer language that only him, they, and God can understand. They bring it before the Father. Amen. Whenever you pray in tongues, an unknown tongue that the Holy Spirit gives you, it's one of the first gift of nine that he'll give you. Whenever you pray in tongues, you're praying the will of heaven onto earth. Angels hear it. God hears it. Nobody else. You don't even understand it sometimes without the incorrect interpretation that the Holy Spirit will give you. So your, your mind is unfruitful, but your spirit is very fruitful when you pray in the unknown tongue. You're praying, get it, right here he says it, in the tongues of men and of angels. That's an angelic tongue he gives you. They can hear it and, hey, don't you want angels moving on your behalf? <laughs> I pray in tongues all day under my breath. Nobody ever knows I'm praying, but I'm praying all day. We were at the beach yesterday, I was praying all day. Nobody ever knew. It's a great gift, amen? Jude says it builds you up. It builds you up. It edifies yourself. It builds up your inner man, praying in tongues. So if you want to feel strong, just keep praying until you feel strong and you will feel strong and he'll show you things to come if you pray enough and you'll see you'll see things way down the road he had to start this ministry outdoors never been inside he had to start a business that we take meals to people's houses five years ago 
You saw it all coming. You just pray in tongues and just sync your lives with him and he'll show you things to come, plans to develop five, 10 years, 15, 20 years from now that you would have no intellect of. You gotta pray in tongues. It all comes through praying in tongues. So I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but have not love. I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. So your first commandment is your love commandment. And if you're praying repeatedly for something and it's not coming to pass, he says, check out your love walk. Check out your love commandment because it's just clanging noise now. You're not in love. You've left your commandment. You're out. You're out of place. Get back in place. Get back in love. And your prayers will avail much again. And that's usually the, the root. It's usually the root for things not coming to pass through your faith is you're out of love because faith worketh by love. So you have to check yourself, correct yourself, and get right back in love for you to be in your perfect place on this earth. Your anointing place is in your love commandment. Amen? Say, I'm blessed because of love. Amen. But have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mystery. How many of you want the gift of prophecy? Well, Paul urges us to want that gift and desire it more than any other. And understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love. Again, faith worketh by love. I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, caught up with good works, good works, but they're not done in love, they profit you nothing. And though I give my body to be burned, self-sacrifice even, but have not love, if it's not rooted in, 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 in dwelling in the word of God and in love, it profits me nothing. See, God's plans prosper, our plans don't. So make sure our plans are his, amen, and they'll always prosper. Verse 4 says, love suffers long and is kind. Love is kind, amen? How many of you are kind today? Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. We have a generation that's outside of love. Mostly because the enemy has attacked their parents and their family and they grow up in broken homes. They don't know the love of the Father. They don't know the love of a father, period. They had no father for the most part. Uh, we got to get him. We got to love on them. Amen. We got to show them what real fatherly love is, what agape love is, because they don't know it. They didn't grow up with it. Does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. That's what love does. It believes all things and it hopes all things. How many of you believe uh, President Trump will be president still? Uh, see, it's in you. See? Uh-huh. That's the majority here. Don't you think we know better? <laughs> That's at least two or three witnesses right there. Every word shall be established. It's in every Christian. So don't let go of that. It believes all things. Your hope, your love believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things, all the lies, all the false media, all the false reports. It endures and holds on to the truth. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. People miss it. Men miss it. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. It's just for earth. Tongues are just for earth. You're not going to be praying in tongues in heaven. There's no need for it. There's no adversary. You don't need to pray around the adversary. That's what tongues does. It prays around your enemy. They will not cease. Uh, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Knowledge is for the earth. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the earth and the earth only. So you ought to have all nine gifts right now in, in operation. Amen? 
Praise Jesus. Say, I'm one with the Holy Spirit. He lives in me. He lives in you. Uh, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but then that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away face to face. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, Paul said, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, just as I also am known. And now abides faith, hope, and love, these three. Just mark that. But the greatest of these is love. Now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. And on to chapter 14. Pursue love. Pursue it. Go after love with all your heart. And desire spiritual gifts. We're supposed to desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit while we're on the earth. But especially, Paul says, that you may prophesy. And he gives the definition of prophecy right here. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. There it is again, men of angels. Does not speak to men, but to God. But God's hearing that. That's God's supernatural prayer language he gave me through the Holy Spirit that he endeavors to give every believer to pray the perfect will of the Father. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies, now he's not outweighing these gifts. You know, every gift of God is good. Jesus said, there's one alone that's good, and that's my Father. God, everything that comes down from the Father of lights above is good. Amen? There's not one gift above the other. Tongues is needed for the entire body of Christ. So I changed that word, but, but it's a conjunction there. And he who prophesies speaks. He's not outweighing prophecy above tongues. Because most of the time you'll be praying in tongues, God will give you the interpretation, and that's prophecy. It's the same gift. Same spirit, same gift. But he who prophesies speaks, so this is all prophecy what I'll do. If anyone comes up to you with a word of the Lord, I have a word of the Lord, brother. If it does not accomplish these three things, false prophecy, nope, you're dismissing it, amen? That's my charge to you today. Dismiss all false prophecy. Words from heaven will accomplish these three things and always accomplish these these three things. By the way, Billy Graham uh, was not an evangelist. I just want to throw this in here. The only uh, representation in the New Testament we have in the evangelist is Philip. They called him Philip the Evangelist. And he went about healing everywhere he went. He preached the word and healed. That's what an evangelist does. They preach and they heal. Oral Roberts was a true evangelist. <laughs> preached and he healed everywhere he went. Huge healing ministry. Uh, Benny Hinn's an evangelist. Preaching and healing. That's the evangelist's uh, office. Billy Graham was a prophet. Because he always accomplished these three things in every meeting I've ever heard him. These three things, words of prophecy, he operated in a prophet's mantle and in the prophet's office. Um, if, if people keep giving you words and they accomplish these three things and they're edifying you and they come to pass and they're true, they're, they're probably in a prophet's office because they have these three things flowing in them all the time. It says in the Spirit, verse 3, but he who prophesies speaks edification. That word edification means to build up. Every time I heard Billy Graham, I was built up. I felt alive. It'll always build you up. If you get a word from someone, it will never tear you down. Words from heaven will always build you up. Notice if you've ever read the word of God, if you've ever hung out with God at any length, at any time, 
You've left felt built up, not pushed down. He's not an oppressor. He's a builder-upper. Amen? He's an edifier. So a word of true prophecy from anyone in the body of Christ will always accomplish edification. It will build you up. It will accomplish exhortation. That word exhortation means encouragement. It will always encourage you. I always felt encouraged when I listened to Billy Graham. And it will always comfort you. I always felt comforted when I listened to him. And that gospel choir. Amen? I really believe he stood in the office of the prophet. Never called himself a prophet. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. If a word anyone gives you does not have all these three necessities and requirements attached to it, dismiss it. It's not from your Lord. And we all know knowledge comes from two sources. Good and evil, dark and light, the enemy and God. Amen. The Lord and the devil. So, if it's not from God, guess where it's from? <laughs> That's easy, amen? you got to dismiss what the devil tells you. The word of our Lord will always accomplish those three things in your heart. Edification, encouragement, and comfort. That's what the Holy Spirit is. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Jesus said, He is the comforter. He'll lead you into all truth. He will comfort you. Words of God shall always comfort you. Not alarm you. Not put you in fear. Fear is of the devil. Faith is of God. He's a faith God, not a fear God. He's a fear devil, not a faith devil. Fear is the opposite of faith. The devil will always speak. If, if you hear a word and it causes fear in you, that's of the devil. If you watch a news article, watch it, and it causes fear in you, that's the devil speaking to you. If it causes faith to arise, that's God. Hang on to that, amen? Because that the just shall live by faith, not by fear. Fear kills. Fear has torment. Perfected working love casteth out all fear, and faith worketh by love. Amen. It's all connected in him. Amen? He's a faith God, and he is love. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So you ought to desire first to speak in tongues, to build yourself up so you can build up others. If you're not built up, you'll never build up others. You have to be built up to build up others. You have to be healed first before you try to heal someone else. You have to prosper first before you try to prosper somebody else, right? You have to be first partaker of the fruits, Paul said. He said, I must be first partaker of the fruit, of the harvest, of the word of God, before I can ever share it with somebody else. Acts 1.1, Jesus began both to do and to teach. He was a doer of the word first. He obtained the victories in his own life, the own blessings in his own life. Then he spread it to the entire world. You have to be the same way. The word has to become flesh and dwell among you before it dwells upon somebody else. Don't help anyone until you've helped yourself. <laughs> Amen. you got to be built up. you got to pray in tongues and edify yourself before you build up somebody else. He's your power. He's your strength. Amen. Don't run on a low battery. Charge yourself up praying in other tongues. Amen. Building yourself up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost, Jude 20 says. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself up. That's really builds himself up, charges himself up like a battery. I like that definition of edifying. Charging my spirit up. What can't I do? Amen. You feel strong. You just feel empowered. The Holy Ghost is alive in you. But he who prophesies, that word again, but, it should be and. It's a conjunction. And he who prophesies edifies the church. Um, I would tell you that if you pray in tongues enough, you'll start prophesying. You'll be built up to the point that it overflows from you into the lives of others. Amen. 
He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, builds himself up, and he who prophesies edifies, builds the church up, those around him. I wish you all spoke with tongues. This is Paul's love letter to you and me, to the church at large. I wish the whole church spoke in tongues. If it's Paul's desire, and he was inspired by the Holy Ghost to write this to us, it's obviously God's desire, right? Isn't the word of God, the will of God, God's desire for you and me? He says clearly right here, I wish the whole church spoke with tongues. That's God's desire. It should be our desire, amen? Make God's desires your desires. And Elisha Finanzi, I approved this message. <laughs> Jesse DePlanis, I got that from him. Praise God. I wish you all spoke with tongues. And there's that word conjection again. And even more that you prophesied. Pray in tongues until you're prophesying to yourself and others. Amen. Love you guys. Bless you. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Chase you down and overtake you in Jesus' name. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Chapter 14 in 1 Corinthians is all church setting. This is how you're supposed to behave in church, he says. But at home, you ought to be praying in tongues as much as me, he says. Amen? On your own, when you're not with a body together, you should be praying and building yourself up so that when you come together, you can build each other up. Get it? Amen. Praise God. That's how he's saying it's supposed to work. Build yourself up at home. When you come to church, you'll have the opportunity to build up someone sitting next to you. Amen? Praise God forevermore. A word of encouragement, a word in season, how sweet it is to give to your brother or sister who's suffering. I just love a good word in season. How about you? It will always build you up, encourage, and comfort you. Amen. So that the church may receive edification. Verse 6. But now, my brethren and sisters, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Um, I would say there that praying in tongues builds up all three of those, all four of those attributes as well. You pray in tongues enough, you'll, you'll start teaching, you'll start prophesying, you'll gain more revelation and more knowledge, just like Paul did. He says in this letter, I pray in tongues more than you all in verse 18. For he who prophesies, okay, where were we? Verse 7. Even things without life, whether flute or harp, instruments that were man-made, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how it will be known, how will it be known what is piped or played? How will you know what you're saying? How will the person next to you know if you're just praying in tongues? Well, the Holy Spirit has to be there with the word of interpretation. And then the whole body will know it. That's a word of prophecy. When the Holy Spirit gives the correct interpretation of the tongue that was just going forth by another member. Someone, some one of us should have the interpretation of that. Paul saying to edify the whole body of Christ. Whether it's your pastor, whether it's a person sitting next to you, or what? The Holy Spirit wants to use all of us, amen, to edify each other. For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? You need to know what's being spoken, what's being prayed forth. So likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how it will be known what is spoken. For you will be speaking into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance or literally meaning. Every time the Lord gives you has meaning, has significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner, literally a barbarian, to him who speaks. 
and he who speaks will be a foreigner or a barbarian to me. What the heck are you saying? Now he starts talking about unbelievers coming to the church. What are you saying? They have no idea. They don't speak in tongues. The requirement to speak in tongues is to get with Jesus. You have to receive Jesus before you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a gift to the church, not the unbeliever. Tongues is a gift to the church, not the unbeliever. Amen? Prophecy, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit are gifts to the church, not the unbeliever. So we should have the one up on the world, yeah? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amen forevermore. <laughs> I was at verse 12. Even so you, since you are je- uh, zealous, even so you, since you are zealous, say that's me. That's me. Zealous for spiritual gifts. That's Paul to the church. You're zealous for spiritual gifts, he says. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek these gifts, that you seek to excel. Let it be for others, not just yourself. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray in church. This is a church setting. Pray that he may interpret as well. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Get that. Every time you pray in the Spirit, it's your spirit praying with the Holy Spirit. You're one with Him. Your spirit's praying. Not your mind, not your flesh. The real you is really praying. When you pray in tongues, Paul says. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, Paul the Apostle said. But my understanding, my mind is unfruitful unless the Lord gives me the interpretation of what I just prayed. But that's okay for your mind to be unfruitful. Hey, we all got meatheads anyway. To be carnally minded, Romans says, is enmity against God. That word carnal, that root word is carne, meat, meathead. (laughs) Don't be a meathead. (laughs) You can pray yourself out of the perfect will of God with your reasoning mind. Your carnal mind is enmity at odds against God, Paul says in Romans. See, it's not enough to just pray with your understanding. Pray with your spirit until understanding comes, he's saying. You'll get understanding. If you pray long enough, he'll give you understanding. He will not leave you without knowledge and understanding. He won't leave you without wisdom. James 1.5 has that covered. Ask of God wisdom and he'll give it to you. Amen? He'll never leave you without an answer. Just wait on him till it comes because his timing is always perfect. Amen. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit is the one who's praying. Praying in tongues does not come from my head. I don't understand it. It does not come from my flesh, even though I use my own tongue. It comes from right here. Jesus prophesied that. Rivers of living water shall proceed from your belly, your innermost being, your bosom. That's right here, amen? This is where the Holy Spirit is. This is where your spirit is. That's why when you know something, nah, I shouldn't go there. Nah, I have a bad feeling. That bad feeling is right here in your gut. That's where your spirit is. The spirit of truth lies right here. Your real man is right here. You just know that you know that you know. Yeah, I'm pregnant. I just know it. Yeah, I shouldn't go there. Yeah. Most of the Christians who weren't at the Twin Towers that day knew in their gut they shouldn't go to work that day. And most of them escaped death that day because they had a knowing in their spirit right here. Just something, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't go there. So you have to be in tune with that. Most people are in tune with their heads because we live in a carnal world. But we have to be in tune with our spirits because that leads us into all truth. And praying in tongues will tune you to that voice. The real you, amen? That's the real you. Praying in tongues is the real you praying things for but my understanding is unfruitful, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with my spirit, and I will also pray with my understanding. Once he gives me the understanding, like just the other day, I was interceding for someone. 
And I was groaning in the spirit in my kitchen while I'm working, just praying in tongues under my breath, and then a groaning started coming out. Ugh. Like I had just lost a child, that kind of groaning. Ugh. And then I started interceding for someone somewhere, and words started coming up from my spirit out through those groanings, through praying in other tongues. No, no, she's not dead. No, 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 that child's not dead. She shall live. That child shall live in Jesus' name. That word, that tongue, became a groaning, became an intercession, became a word of prophecy that came out from me. I spoke it into the air against the devil. I said, devil, now I'm praying with my understanding. He showed me what happened. It was for a little girl who was on the verge of death or there was some type of evil or accident that was going to come her way. All of us should be intercessors, praying in the Holy Ghost. We can avoid great accidents by that. Amen? I came against it. I bound the devil and praise God. I'm looking for someone to come up to me some way or another and say, hey, my child was in an accident, but she wasn't harmed. You just saw that in the spirit through praying in spirit. Amen? Through praying in tongues. He showed me that. It came up to my understanding. Then I spoke out with English. I bind the devil. I rebuke that assignment in Jesus' name. I cover that girl in the blood of the Lamb. No evil shall befall her, nor shall any plague come near her body in Jesus' name. This is what Paul's talking about, praying in the Spirit and praying with his understanding also. You pray in the Spirit long enough until you understand what you're saying. Amen. And God will give you the interpretation on what to say. Praise Jesus forevermore. Hallelujah. And then he says, I will sing with the Spirit. How many of you do that? That's how I came into the gift of tongues. I came in with my own guitar at my own house after someone laid hands on me for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. With my own guitar, classical guitar, singing in tongues because I was afraid to speak in tongues. The only thing I knew growing up in a Baptist church of praying in other tongues was uh, Lord of the Rings, the elf language, with uh, Liv Tyler, <laughs> who prayed in this weird language. And that's the movie I just watched when he laid hands on me. That's my only connection here to praying in other tongues. And uh, I received it because of that. I received, hey, if an elf can have a new language, so can I, wow. <laughs> who's real. <laughs> and I just went off and in other tongues on my guitar. And that's what literally brought me into it. That same night, I got the gift of tongues. Baptism in the Holy Spirit always comes with the gift of other tongues, according to Acts, according to the Word of God. If you receive the Holy Spirit, He'll overflow in you <laughs> until you just start praying in other tongues, a new prayer language. It always comes hand in hand. I don't pray for tongues for anybody. You receive the Spirit, you're going to get the gift of tongues. Amen? It's the overflow of who He is. Praying in other tongues. Amen? And I recorded myself. I had a little recorder on those little cassettes. Remember those little cassette tapes? A little recorder, micro recorder? That night in my room at midnight after watching Lord of the Rings, singing in tongues on the guitar all by myself in my room. I started speaking in tongues. And I recorded it because I wanted to hear what I sounded like. And I recorded it. And I went to rewind, went to push play. The thing flew out of my hand and squealed like a pig. And I didn't control it. It literally flew out of my hand. That recorder device landed on my bedroom floor. And then I heard these words. Sounded like it was coming behind me like an audible voice. Who are you to judge my gift? I've prayed in tongues ever since. I've never judged the gift of tongues. I've never judged if I have it, if I don't have it, if it's not the will of God, if it is the will of God. I've never judged that gift since that night in 2005. Amen. Who are you to judge his gift? The carnal mind is enmity against God. You'll have to just reach out in faith and take the gifts and operate in them. Amen. You'll have to operate it by faith. 
Faith worketh by love. Amen. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The son of his love. You're the child of his love. He says, I wish you all pray in other tongues. Boy, it's an important gift for these last days. It's an important gift for the church. He said, I gave it to him at Pentecost, 120. The day I left was the day tongues came. Was the day the Holy Spirit, the Comforter came. He says, I wish you all pray in tongues. And then in verse 18, he says, I pray in tongues more than y'all. And he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Had the revelation of Christ. Preached Christ more than any other Christian who's ever lived. Attributed to the one who says, I pray in tongues more than the entire church. If you want more wisdom, more knowledge, more, more prophecy, more edification, more of anything in your life, pray more in tongues. It's the gateway to the supernatural. Tongues is the gateway to the supernatural. How's the money going to come? I've worked all I can. How's the healing going to come? I've done all I can. Pray in tongues. It's the gateway to the supernatural. It supersedes your natural ability. God on the earth, the Holy Spirit praying through you. Praise Jesus for the gift of speaking in new tongues. You can go places without even leaving your house praying in tongues. Lord took me to Venice, Italy once, just praying in my room for three to four hours. Just praying in tongues with my eyes closed for four hours straight. Saw other things, went other places in the spirit realm, showing you things to come. I saw Saint, he took me, I saw St. Mark's Square. This is in my apartment, just praying in tongues. It felt like I was flying over Venice. I was like, this is awesome. This was my dream, to fly and be invisible. So nobody could shoot me while I'm flying because they're jealous. That's why I wanted invisibility as a kid, to fly and be invisible so no one could get jealous and shoot me out of the sky. <laughs> I remember thinking that at the age of five and eight. Yeah, so no one could take my gift away. Fly and be invisible. There I was in the spirit. I saw St. Mark's Square. I saw the boats in the Venice Canal. Everything right just there. And I saw Clarissa singing opera in St. Mark's Square and me preaching in St. Mark's Square in Italian. She was singing in Italian. And someone was given the interpretation, preaching to Catholics in St. Mark's Square, opera and preaching. That was over five years ago now. I saw that in the spirit. It was like I was there. You can take trips without drugs. <laughs> Amen. You can go places you've never been just praying in the spirit. Amen. The real you. You just get out of our boxes. Amen. Whether you're confined inside, pray in tongues, it'll set you free. You can go places without even leaving your house. Pray for other people across the world without even leaving your house. They call you up a week later, hey, were you praying for me? Yeah, I sure was. I guess that was you. Amen. Stop great catastrophes and great accidents through praying in tongues and interceding for the lost, interceding for others. Amen. Praise God for the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter, who leads us into all truth. What a gift. What a gift he is. <laughs> what a gift the Holy Spirit is. And he comes with nine fruits and nine gifts the moment you receive them. Nine fruits and nine gifts. Eighteen in total. Amen. Praise Jesus. Let's continue here. This is important. I thank God, my God, verse 18, that I speak in tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I would rather speak five words, just five, with my understanding, that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue and have no one understand it. Paul's after edification, so is God, the building up of the entire body, one body in Christ. Not someone off in the corner praying in tongues, no one here, no one can understand him. The Lord hasn't given him the interpretation because his heart wasn't right in love. Remember? It's just like clanging brass or a tinkling cymbal. 
His heart wasn't right in love. He's doing his own thing. He's separated from the body of Christ. He's isolated. Yeah, he's praying in tongues, but it's not edifying others. It's off. It's not the right spirit. It's not done in love. Everything God does in the church will be done through a spirit of love and edification. Amen forevermore. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brethren and sisters, verse 20, 1 Corinthians 14, 20. Do not be children in understanding anymore. However, in malice, be babes. <laughs> but in understanding, be mature. In the law it is written, the Old Testament, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people. And yet for all that, they will not hear me. Didn't that come to pass in the book of Acts? And uh, the Jews of that day uh, argued with, with Peter and the apostles that, hey, they must be drunk with wine. They must be drunk in the third hour, 9 a.m. <laughs> 9 a.m. But they were just speaking in other tongues. 3,000 came to the Lord that day. Says the Lord, verse 22, Therefore tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Meaning the gift of prophecy works through believers, not unbelievers. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, haven't even received Jesus yet, let alone the Holy Spirit, will they not say that you are out of your mind? <laughs> well, yeah, if we're all praying in tongues and an unbeliever comes in, and it doesn't have the gift, and doesn't even receive Christ, yeah, without interpretation, they're nuts. What the heck are they saying? They don't even understand themselves. They're out of their mind. Yes, we're out of our mind and into our spirits. Amen? Amen. Praise God for that one. For God taking humans out of their own heads and placing them into his delightful spirit. Amen? Praise God for the gift of speaking in unknown tongues. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever and an uninformed person comes in, they're giving the interpretation. They're interpreting the tongues that be in order. They're prophesying from their own spirits. That unbeliever is convinced by all, and he is convicted by everyone. A word of the Lord can come to him from a believer. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. It can be as easy as, hey, you were at the bar last night, and you got in a fight. He could fall down right on his knees after he comes in here. Wow. So there's a spirit of someone told you some insider information doesn't know anyone in here that's what he's talking about here a believer giving a word of prophecy to an unbeliever who comes into our midst falls down on his face surely God is in your midst he knows all things you know where I was last night that's the gift of knowledge that's a gift of the Holy Ghost that's a revelation gift that God shows you and distributes to us severally as he wills the Bible says so pray for all the gifts Desire the best gifts, amen? Because there's unbelievers who are going to come. And they ought to see God and they ought to see the Word. Yes. And they ought to see the Holy Ghost in our midst, amen. Amen forevermore. Yes. Thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. The one who knows it all. How is it, brethren, verse 26, whenever you come together, each of you has a song has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation because of the Holy Ghost. Let all things be done for edification, for the building up of others. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two 
or at most three, each in turn in order, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak. So there ought to be at least two or three prophets here who always encourage, who always uplift, and who always comfort. And let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. He's a God of order, amen? He's really clear. He's always very direct in his words. For you can all prophesy one by one. Let's say that together. We can all prophesy one by one. We can all prophesy one by one. You get that in your spirit. Then you'll start being a blessing to others. Amen? Giving words of edification, comfort, and exhortation. That all may learn. That all may learn. And all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets, there's been a lot of controversy over this verse. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. You know one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is self-control? This is what this verse is referring to. If you see a person in the midst of you who is uncontrolled, spouting off words, in not control of his mouth, false. True prophecy will always be done in the spirit of self-control. It's a gift of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And they go hand in hand. Some people are just making a name for themselves. you got to be aware of that. Amen? It will always edify the whole body. It will always comfort the whole body if it's done in the true spirit of prophecy in the, Holy, in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. So he says the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, meaning they ought to exercise self-control. They control the gift of prophecy. They're still in control of when to speak and when not to speak. He says, I'll leave that to your judgment. You can, you can find order amongst yourselves. I trust you, he says. You know when to speak and you know when to withhold. That's unity. You're not going to disrupt someone. You're not going to disrupt the flow of the Holy Spirit. You'll just move right in flow, he says. Amen? And if someone else is speaking out of turn, well, no, <laughs> shame on you. Let's go back to the Holy Ghost. Someone else has it, you know? Amen. Amen. He says, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. They know when to speak and they know when to withhold. Self-control goes hand in hand. Verse 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion or chaos, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. You ought not to walk in any church in the U.S. or in the world and see a confused, chaotic state. Everybody ought to be in peace. He's the Prince of Peace, and He's the Lord of the church. Therefore, His peace should be upon Him. Not anyone acting out of turn. All just flowing together, one body. One Christ, one baptism, one spirit, one God. One Father of all who is above all. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. We're wrapping up here. The verse 34. I could just skip this part. you got to have understanding of this. So I don't get dark shot at me. Let your women keep silent in the churches. <laughs> well, we just started about praying, talked about praying in tongues and prophets. Two or three. Uh, there's women prophets in the churches. I would venture to say there's more women prophets in the churches than men. Because uh, 70% of the church is made up of women. That's just historic. 
So you got to understand that. Let your women keep silent in the churches. That's in the church setting. Paul knows, God knows that women like to talk more than men, apparently. That's why they wrote the Amplified Bible. <laughs> I have nothing against women. I love my life with all my heart, and I have three daughters. I wanted five daughters, and I got three. Amen? Praise God forevermore. Let your women keep silent in the churches. He's saying really here, if you study it out, please don't gossip while the, po the Holy Spirit's moving. Please don't talk about carnal things. Please don't talk about outside stuff when the Holy Spirit's ministering. That's what he's saying here. For they are not permitted to speak when the Holy Ghost is. But they are to be submissive, as the law also says. Well, yeah, the men are submissive to God. And if there's wives and husbands, they ought to be submissive to their husbands. If a wife has a word for the whole congregation, she should be elbowing his husband. And if he get, yeah, that's the flow of the Holy Ghost. Give it. Amen. There she goes. Takes off with it. <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> Submission is not a lesser position. It's a blessing position. Amen. Submissive is not a, a lesser position. It's a blessing position. We're to be submissive to him so we can get blessed. Amen. Yes. When we obey and do what he says, we're blessed. Amen. Yes. We're not disobedient. Praise God. Submissive is a blessing position, not a lesser position. As the law also says, and if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home. You could read this and say he just wants every woman to be married. <laughs> let them ask their husbands at home. Or it's the women who speak loudest in church and try to gossip are the ones who have husbands. <laughs> and we're talking about the affairs of life maybe. I don't know. For it is shameful for women to gossip in church, not to speak. Amen. There's many a prophets, prophetesses, who are women who should. Amen? There's many women pastors. I know the burden's hard, but some of them have been called to that position. Amen. He's talking about gossiping here and really getting in the flesh as opposed to staying in the spirit. It's just, it's just obvious. When women gather, there's just more noise than men. I mean, you go to any bar, any restaurant, anywhere. <laughs> Amen? It's just obvious. He's not downgrading anyone here. Amen. <laughs> Paul's even condoning, is condoning agreeing with or opposition? Condoning. Does it mean agreement or opposing? Agreeing. Paul's even condoning marriage here. Amen. Let them ask their husband at home. So you ought to be married, he says. For it is shameful for women to speak in church, gossip in church. Or did the word of God come originally from you, or was it you only that it reached? Do everything for edification, not for selfish gain. If anyone thinks himself or herself to be a prophet or spiritual, let them acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant still. Love that verse. <laughs> Therefore, brethren and sisters, desire earnestly to prophesy. And here's the closing remark on chapter 14 by Paul the Apostle, arguably the greatest Christian who ever lived. And do not forbid to speak with tongues. Do not grieve the Holy Ghost. Do not forbid for yourself to speak in unknown tongues. Allow it to come through you. Allow it to manifest. Allow the Holy Spirit to pray with your spirit at all times. That's his ending charge in chapter 14, the chapter on order in the church. Let all things be done decently and in order, period. That's how he ends that letter, period. Decently and in order. Decently and in order. 
How many of you have your finances in order? How many of you have your households in order? God is a God of order. Miracles work through order, not chaos. The gifts of the Spirit flow through order, not chaos. A true word of prophecy will always come through established order, not established disorganization. Amen. You'll know the surrounding. You'll know the atmosphere you're in by what I just read. He said, preach this in all the churches. There's to be order. Peace will be upon that house so people can flow together, not separately or individually, but together when the Holy Spirit moves among your midst. Amen. Amen. Did you get something from this message? I hope the Holy Spirit just keeps on taking it and keeps guarding you against false prophets in the news media and keeps them in himself and in the word of God, the true news. True news. Hear all about it. Jesus lives. Jesus is king. Praise God forevermore. We're going to take communion today. Thanks, Ron and Ellie, for our communion elements. And we also like to take up our offering. It's good to be able to give. Amen. Again, we cut off Facebook. So praise God that God sent you and that we're partners in his work together. So thank you for supporting us. We bless everybody who blesses us. We just bless everyone no matter what, who curses us as well. But praise God, you're a blessed people. We're a blessed people. We're a blessed group here established in South Orange County. And the church will grow and flourish. Thank you for being a part of it. I've always prayed uh, since we started five years ago every Saturday that God would send the right people, not the wrong people. And I don't care if I have just me and my wife, (laughs) I said. If I'm just preaching to my wife, just make sure it's the right ones. And he's done that. So praise God forevermore. Thank you, Father. We bless you today. We bless your holy name forever. If you'd like to just give us your name and information so we can get you your receipts on your giving, that'd be great. And that uh, we know where you are. I've seen angels move, and when I pray, I know angels move. I've seen angels uh, guard households, guard houses, stand at their front doors as I'm praying in other tongues. So praise God, it's good to uh, give your pastor your information. (laughs) And nobody else. Praise God forevermore. Father, we bless you. We thank you, Lord, for communion. You said, do this in remembrance of you. I thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. No disease, no virus, whether it's COVID-19 or COVID-1035, shall prosper against your body who is healed, who is made whole, who lives in divine health and well-being. And Isaiah 53, verse 1 says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and not as a root out of dry ground. Jesus on the cross has no form or comeliness. Actually, he looked like the serpent on the cross, just like Moses held up in the wilderness, emaciated, crucified, and bent with the curse of the world and sin. And he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows, literally pains, and acquainted with grief, literally sicknesses. Sorry, sorrows is sicknesses and grief is pains. Literally acquainted with pains and acquainted, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness. And we hid, and he, and he suffered on our behalf. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him, and he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Verse 4, surely he has borne our pains. That word griefs is pains. Surely he has borne our pains. Say, he took my pains. I don't have to bear them today or any day of my life. Say, I'm pain-free. 
Say I exercise on his word. I act on his word. I move my joints. I move my limbs. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm a doer of his word. Therefore, I'm blessed in my going and my doings this week. I am pain-free. I am pain-free. When pain tries to hit your body just like it does mine, you just wave that air and say, No, Jesus already took it according to Isaiah 53.4. I am pain-free. I'm sick-free. I'm healed in the name and in the blood of the Lamb. No sickness, no disease can come near my vessel in Jesus' name. I was bought with a price and Jesus took it so I don't have to bear it. Amen. And now you tell the devil to get and resist him, and he will run from you in terror. Pain is of the devil. Sickness is of the devil, the adversary. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, shalom, prosperity, nothing missing, nothing broken was upon him. Everything was broken in his body. He was crushed. It pleased the Father in a later verse to crush him, it says. Bruised and crushed for you so you don't have to be. Nothing missing, nothing broken. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. By the stripes he took upon his backs with glass shards, metal shrapnel tied into whips, 50 whips, save one, lashings, by his stripes, that's what stripes are, we are healed. The same metal, the same glass that cut into his spinal cord is now healing yours through his sacrifice. Say, my back is whole. I have perfect posture because of Jesus. His posture was broken so he could erect yours. By his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. You meditate on that verse long enough, you'll start feeling great. <coughs> By his stripes we are healed. That verse will become flesh and dwell among you. By his stripes I am healed. Make that personal. This personal love letter to you. By his stripes of Jesus I am healed. It's good to be healed. Praise is the highest form of faith. It's good to move my body again. It's good to be healed from every sickness and every disease. It's good to live pain free all the days of my life. I meditate on the truth which is medicine. Health and healing for all my flesh. According to Proverbs 4.20. I have his benefits packaged through his word. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? He was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. Because he had no done no violence, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. Verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise, literally crush him. In Hebrew means crush. It pleased the Father to crush his son on our behalf. For all of his sons and daughters. <laughs> Father, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for the greatest gift of mankind, your son, Jesus Christ. We were instructed, you instructed us through him to do this in remembrance of him. To wipe away all pain, all sickness and disease, any symptom, any lying vanity. 
that the devil has been trying to put on us. We do this in remembrance that we are the healed, that we are the saved, that we are the blessed, that we are the rich, that we are the chosen, we are the called, we are sons and daughters of the Most High King. Thank you, Father, for your body, a semblance of your body that was broken for ours. Thank you, Jesus, for making ours every whit whole. We are doing divine health and divine wealth on earth just as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for healing us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake of the bread. The bread of life. You can receive your healing right there through communion. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be whole. It's good to be healed. And we take the blood, cup of the new covenant. All sin, all transgression removed through the shed blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Lord, that we are sin-free. We dwell in righteousness, not in sin. We have a righteousness mindset and consciousness, not a sin consciousness or mindset. Because old things have passed away. Now all things have been made new under your new cup of the new covenant. Thank you, Lord, that we are in blood covenant with the Father, with yourself. You've signed and sealed us and seared us into your name through your blood. Name above all names, above every name which is written and which every knee should bow. Thank you for your blood and for the removing of all sin. Thank you, Lord. We do this in remembrance of your shed blood for us on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you today. Go rich, go blessed, go prosperous. Love you guys. Thanks for joining your faith with ours. It's good. It's good to be alive. Amen? Amen. It's good to be in the body and the household of faith. Amen? <laughs> you feel his presence? Isn't he rich? Yes. Say, I'll leave here today. With more than I came in with. Say, I'm growing exceedingly. Say, I'm waxing great. Jesus is king. He's still on the throne. And he raised me up together with himself. And seated me with himself. In heavenly places. Far above. The adversary. All power. All might. And every name that's named. Say, what can't I do? In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Bless you. Thank you.